This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, Adam. Hey, Peter. All right. So you uh, you have a exercise that's uh, very difficult, I would say. <laughs> well, you haven't tried it yet, so how how can you say that? Well, well, no, I, yeah, that's true. I don't I don't know, uh, but it's been explained to me by you a little bit, and uh, I think we're going to hear a little bit more about it today. Well, why don't we uh, let's let's talk about that? Okay. <laughs> so we have talked about other exercises that we do. Uh, noticeably, uh, we talked about you your uh, CrossFit uh, episode, and we mm-hmm. also touched on yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't do CrossFit, although I do go to a gym regularly, but, um, I kind of vacillate. I don't know which I would consider my primary discipline these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's either yoga or depending on how my body is feeling, Krav Maga. Okay. How do you spell that? K-R-A-V <laughs> is the first word, which means contact. Mm-hmm. And uh, MAGA, M-A-G-A, which means combat. Okay. And I may have reversed those two because my Hebrew is really poor. <laughs> so um, anyway, it, it, it is, um, it's, it's Hebrew for contact combat. And it is the Israeli, uh, it's the standard fighting system taught in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. Okay. Um, it is... Although it's called a martial art by some people, um, I have been told by authorities that it is technically not a martial art. Um, It is a martial discipline for sure, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a self-defense and fighting system, really. So uh, as someone who has a dual degree uh, black belt in a martial art and who has practiced, I don't know, about half a dozen martial arts, I I know the difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, but uh, yeah, I started practicing Krav Maga about, I think it was either 2011 or 2012. I think it was maybe early 2012. And um, I liked the the people that I was training with. I liked the practicality of the discipline. And uh, the location was great. Mm -hmm. So you put those three factors together, what's not to love? (laughs) Yes. Well, let me me ask you this. How how different is Krav Maga from, say, like the training that the police departments do and things like that? Well... As it happens, my instructor frequently trains police officers. Okay. <laughs> so in the areas around Malden, Medford, and you know, in Suffolk County and stuff in Boston, uh, Massachusetts area, uh, it's no different. <laughs> okay. Um, that said, they generally—I don't know exactly. I'm, this is where an area I am nowhere near an authority or an expert. I really don't know. But as I understand it, like once a year or so, um, depend, and it might be different on police districts or whatnot. Uh, officers need to get certified or something, and so it's like a continuing education kind of thing, as mm-hmm. I understand it. Um, you know, so when they're doing those training sessions, that's all well and good, but it's like a, a weekend-long course, and you do it for like eight hours for a couple of days, and then you go away. Okay. So you know, you can learn a lot, but are you going to retain a lot? I don't know. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. so, so I'm not really sure. Um, it does, and I, you know, and I, again, I'm not an expert on, you know, I don't know anything really about police training other than uh, a number of police officers train with me on a regular basis mm-hmm. in, you know, in the Krav Maga class outside of their, you know, their, uh, formal, uh, police requirements. Um, it, it, what, what differentiates it? I mean, you know, some people refer to it as street fighting mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it really is. It's made, you know, for practical encounters, like mm-hmm. what's really going to happen. You, you know, you and your wife get out of your car, three guys come approaching and, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and it's too late for you to jump back in the car. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's situations like that. And um, it, uh, what differentiates it from a martial art is there's very little uh, formality mm-hmm. in, in Krav Maga. Traditionally, there are no belts. Um, there's, you know, there's no ranks, really, uh, other than maybe instructor. Um, there's, you know, the belts, the whole thing with belts in martial arts was really more of a Western thing. Yeah. Um, in like in Japan, uh, I practice Aikido. That's where, you know, I have my uh, second degree black belt in. And, um, the way it's been told to me is that, um, you know, both in Chinese martial arts and Japanese martial arts that when your, your sensei or your uh, sifu, you know, your teacher, whatever, decided that you were ready, then, you know, maybe you had a test, but boom, there, you know, now you have a black belt grade. Yeah. Um, and here, because, you know, Americans have a hard time knowing where we stand without someone telling us, you know, we have to have belts. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was actually something I wasn't really too crazy about is that uh, about a year or so ago, our school did institute belts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand the logic behind it, but I, you know, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't really appeal to me. It's a, it's a Western-y kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the training itself is usually physically very demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, the warm-up. There's generally a, a decent warm-up. And then um, there could be every class, they have classes based on what levels you're at. So if you're like a level one student, there's a curriculum. And that's essentially, as it's been told to me, the same as what uh, the six weeks of boot camp are when you sign up in the IDF. Oh, Wow. So it's the same, the same type, you know, same type of, you know, physical combat training you're being get. We're, we're, we're not like, you know, crawling through mud and learning how to shoot firearms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it's the same, you know, physical hand-to-hand combat training. So I've been told. Again, I haven't been to Israel. Don't know. Never served <laughs> in the army. Don't know. <clears throat> um, but um, I went through the level one test. And this was after having gone, you know, through multiple uh, tests in other arts, including, you know, two black belt tests in Aikido. Mm -hmm. Physically, as far as the physical demand goes, the Krav Maga level one test was more demanding than any of the other tests I had ever done. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it is a lot of work because, you know, they deliberately try to tire you out. You know, they make you do push-ups, jumping jacks, burpees. Uh, all these standard calisthenic exercises to get you tired, to get you stressed, so that you, you know, so you're used to uh, performing in less than ideal situations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, because it's face to the fact, you know, you can train all you want, but if you train in, in ideal circumstances, then great, you may be able to defend yourself in ideal circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but but the fact that you have to like defend yourself in any way, shape, or form already means you're in less than ideal circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to that end, sometimes the uh, classes they'll have what are called uh, environmental classes, mm-hmm. and there's generally anywhere outside of the school itself. Mm-hmm. So um, my favorite ones are when we do them in uh, parking garages. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, it's usually on a Saturday morning. The parking garages are generally pretty empty, and we go to, like, the top floor. And, you know, when I say go to the top floor, I mean we generally jog to the parking garage from the school, which is a few blocks. And then we keep going and, you know, walk slash jog slash run all the way up the stairs to, uh-huh. you know, to the top level. <laughs> and then the warm-up starts. Like, yeah. <laughs> by then, we're usually already pretty warm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, then we'll do uh, exercises, like, in the elevators in stairwells between parked cars and uh you know so it gives it a a little more of a real world feel to it Mm -hmm. and uh you also learn that you know if you fall down on concrete it's not quite as pleasant as (laughs) on uh, the the soft cushy mats that we have in the (laughs) yeah and even those those aren't all that soft and cushy you Mm -hmm. know so um, there's a lot of real-world elements to it uh, in the training as well. Um, at, in upper levels, you learn defenses against uh, being attacked by someone, say, with a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the things that really drew me to Krav Maga as opposed to martial arts training and other disciplines was the practicality of it. Um, I, you know, I appreciate the, obviously I stuck around in Aikido long enough to get two black belts. Yeah. Uh, You know, so obviously, you know, there's, I have some respect for that, no question. Um, but I was really seeking, you know, something for practical, uh, the, you know, the, the bleep hits the fan. Uh, what are you going to do kind of thing? And, and there's a lot, uh, you know, I would say probably most martial arts schools, at least in this country, aren't teaching that. Um, They're teaching other things. They're teaching discipline. They're teaching conditioning. They're teaching a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. Um, But, you know, going on what I know, if someone was to pull a knife on, on, you know, most people who have gone through, you know, traditional martial arts training and stuff, they're probably going to get stabbed and sliced up and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Um, What about... What about uh, jujitsu? I mean, it's yep. grappling. Is yes, would is. that fall in with Krav Maga similarly? Well, as it's, uh, we haven't gotten into some of the specifics just yet. But what Krav Maga does is it incorporates all of the the simplest and most effective techniques from wherever. Okay. And so, for example, uh, most of the kicking techniques, you know, usually a kick is like a finishing move, mm-hmm. but, but our kicks come from Muay Thai, from Thai kickboxing. Okay. Uh, and that's not the same as, you know, like cardio kickboxing stuff that you find in gyms. You know, <laughs> we're talking about the guys who like kick rocks and trees and stuff to, you know, to break the, the, the bones and make them stronger and stuff. Uh, oh, my. Know, real, real nasty. Do, do, do a Google search for just, you know, for Thai kickboxing. You'll, you'll see enough to make your blood chill. <laughs> um, you know, all of the hand striking techniques are pretty much boxing. Mm-hmm. And boxing and hand-to-hand boxing techniques. Um, all of the grappling stuff and all of the ground fighting is, in fact, jujitsu. Okay. 
right? So they're not reinventing the techniques. Um, you know, sometimes they may have a different name for something. Um, but uh, it, coincidentally, too, you know, some of the knife defenses and things actually are the same as Aikido techniques. Okay. So there's, you know, there's definitely overlap. It just, it incorporates, it incorporates whatever works. That's, mm -hmm. that's really the, the end goal is if this is going to be an effective defense, we will train it. We will study it. We'll learn it. Um, that said, you know, in traditional martial arts uh, that are still steeped in hundreds or even thousands of years of discipline, uh, there's not a lot of what do you do when someone sticks a revolver in your back? <laughs> yeah. Right? Because nobody, nobody ever had that. Well, coincidentally, most of the time, the defense is the same as if someone, you know, puts a knife in your back. And when I say puts, I mean, I'm not saying they're like someone sneaks up at you and stabs you in the liver and you die. I'm talking yeah. about when <laughs> someone comes up behind you and says, give me your wallet. Don't turn around, get into the car, you know, mm -hmm. so it's a threat. And, um, you know, the, 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 the curriculum is broken down. So you will do things like gun threats and knife threats. Now we're not talking active shooter. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if you're being shot at and stuff, that's that's a different situation. Right. Um, and I don't know. You know, I, I know I'm sure at some Krav Maga schools they will discuss stuff like that and, and have, you know, training stuff like that at, at the higher levels. Um, but, you know, that doesn't I haven't seen anything like that. in you know, where I train. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, like practice of a knife. nail. You know, like someone walks up to you, pulls a knife and says, give me your wallet. Right. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, between you and me, someone says, give me your wallet. I'll give them the wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Here well, you go. You want the wallet. Here's you wanna, the wallet. Go you, away. You, you know? You want to hear a funny story on that? Yeah. By all means. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. This this guy that I used to work with, uh, he, he went to college at uh, TSU, which is downtown Nashville. And uh, this guy came up to him with a knife. Uh, I mean, he walked up to him. I mean, he, he saw him coming from a distance down the sidewalk. Then when he got up real close to him, he, he told him, he, he pulled out a knife and said, told him, give me your wallet. And uh, the guy said, dude, you're just practicing because I don't have any money. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, I just don't. I, I was hilarious, but I mean, I don't think that I would have been, you know, of the place where I could make a joke when this guy pulls a knife. <laughs> that, that is awesome. They're just practicing. Oh man, that's great. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, knife. Um, actually, though, knife knife threats and stuff is some of the more advanced techniques. You mm -hmm. know, some of the the upper level stuff. Um, oddly, some people think before we get into that are um, gun defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's actually, it's usually a little easier to get a gun, you know, to get safe from a gun mm. at, at close range than it is from a knife because, you know, while you're moving a knife away or deflecting it or whatnot, you know, it's got that nice long, sharp edge that mm -hmm. could cut you and stuff. Whereas all you have to do with a gun is generally keep it not pointing at you. Yeah. Keep and that course, little hole away from me. <laughs> keep the dangerous end away. Right. Now, of course, if you're with friends or you're in a crowded area and stuff, you know, that's, it gets more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
but um, you know what I like too is that the classes are always very different. At least at you know at the school where I train, um, I never know. You know, so they they publish a schedule to the instructors and stuff, but I generally don't know what's coming up. Um, you know, it could be a ground fighting class, it could be a boxing class, it could be a kickboxing class, it could be a self defense class, it could be a combatives class. Okay. Um, you know, and um, you know, gun defense is some of those. I, I like those the most. Um, you know, where one person has a pistol and mm-hmm. the other person defends. And we practice that. Like, what if you, you know, someone approaches you from the front? What if you feel a gun in your back? Uh, what if someone uh, takes you as a hostage, puts like one hand around your neck and holds a gun to your temple? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are those practical real world situations? Uh, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I hope, I, hope that, I hope they don't apply to me, but could they happen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the reasons, again, that I like it is, uh, again, you know, it's, it's practical. It's real world stuff. So, um, but we also do um, some of the fun things are um, long gun defense, like if someone has a shotgun. Uh-huh. And, and again, you know, some of those are like, well, you know, the, the guy who has the gun, he's a moron for being so close to me in the first place. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he had a gun. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? And that's like when I, whenever I'm watching movies or TV shows when, you know, the the the, the hero or, or whatever, you know, shows up and or a cop shows up and, you know, they get too close to the bad guy. And I'm like, why are you so close? <laughs> yeah. You idiot. You have a gun for a reason, you know? So that, that makes me laugh and cry. And, you know, I, I've become a lot more... Um, ruthless in my critiquing when i'm watching you know shows and stuff like that like uh i loved um the the taken series with liam neeson mm-hmm. i mean that's that's pretty good on krav maga right there you yeah. know um it's just like move fast hit hard hit fast as hard as you can as fast as you can go and you know you never see him like walk away after he hits somebody once and stuff like you know if you put someone down he puts them down yeah you know <laughs> and you know you like you see in in a lot of other movies though it's like you know the, the the hero or heroine takes somebody down and then sometime later that person comes back and you know like why didn't you really make him down you know come on man. <laughs> yeah so hang on just one second i want to grab a book here okay That was the sound of me dropping the microphone, yeah, yeah. dropping my headset. Um, but I have here on my bookshelf uh, the complete Krav Maga, mm-hmm. um, and it is the official guide of Krav Maga worldwide, which is like the international organization. Uh, the one of them. There, are, there are others now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's essentially uh, a, the curriculum up through um, Brown Belt. Okay. In, in, um, and it's, you know, uh, there are differences, obviously, from school to school and from organization to organization. But essentially, the techniques are, you know, they're, 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 there's a lot in common, you know, most of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, like, for example, there are fundamentals. They, they cover um, how to stand, how to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's moving. You don't uh, you 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 don't want to be walking. You know, if you get into a fight, you don't want to be just wandering around like you would be walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so they cover things like you know how to move, how to how to burst forward, how to you know how to retreat if you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they go into some soft techniques and hard techniques. So soft techniques are you know like a little more um, grappling and redirection things. Um, and then uh, they get into uh, ground fighting. And again, like I said, all the, the ground fighting is, um, you know, it's all jujitsu stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So um, then uh, they do, we do kicks. We practice kicks. Um, the, I would say if, if Krav Maga has a signature move, uh-huh. it, it is the groin kick. <laughs> and, you know, we're not talking like a, a, a nice little love tap to the crotch. We're talking, I'm trying to kick you in the chin, but I'm getting there through your groin. <laughs> um, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, oh, when, you know, we we, we practice these kicks holding pads, mm-hmm. um, and that was something too that was different. Like in in uh, not, I mean, not in, in Aikido, there are no kicks, but um, I practiced Taekwondo and Karate for for a few years, and um, you know, messed around a little bit with Muay Thai. We never practiced with you know, like holding pads. So um, there are some of the equipment that we use. For example, there's something called a tombstone pad. And it's made for punching and kicking. And um, it's about, I don't know, I think like maybe two feet wide or so. And usually I think it's about three, three inches thick or so. Okay. Um, you know, so if you hold it up, you know, up to your chest or about an inch off your chest while your partner is punching it. And if your partner hits really hard, you can feel it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably not going to be bruised and you're certainly not going to get broken. Um, but you can definitely be sore the next day from receiving these punches through one of these pads. Yeah. Well, we also hold it for groin kicks. So you'll hold it, for instance, at about, um, you know, waist level. Or um, uh, and and then when your partner kicks, uh, you go down a little bit to meet them to give them a little resistance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I physically regularly will get lifted up off the ground by about you know a half an inch or so <laughs> when you know for some of the guys that I train with. Uh huh. And you can just imagine now if that wasn't hitting a pad, but it was right hitting you right in between the legs. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, that's the difference between that and a martial art. Um, you know, on the street, some guy's trying to kill you. Guy, eye, eye gouging is perfectly allowed. Yeah. Right? You know, whereas obviously that's taboo in, you know, any real training. I, and we don't really go for each other's eyes, but we'll, you know, we'll target them mm-hmm. so we can get our thumbs close to the eyes, for example. So it's, you know, it can be kind of vicious. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you know, it's like talking a little bit more about the equipment, we also will do drills with focus mitts, just like boxers do. Uh-huh. So one person holds, you know, one person will usually wear gloves, the other person will hold mitts, and we do lots of different punch combinations. And um, we will do. I mentioned the the knives and the guns. You know, we have training knives and training guns and training batons or or baseball bats to simulate those. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use uh, regularly. We'll use like a large kick shield, mm-hmm. and that's for practicing like real, you know, like strong kicks to the body or to the legs. Because um, even using the the tombstone pad, the the like the three inch pad, uh, that can really start to do some. You know, it gets not just uncomfortable, but you know, if you get kicked in the thigh a couple of times by someone who weighs like three hundred pounds, yeah, it's hard even with the tombstone pad. Mm-hmm. Um, the so um, there's also a lot of um, you know emphasis is placed based on um, being hit, getting mm-hmm. punched. You know, because if you get into a fight, you are going to get hit and it's probably going to hurt. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you should prepare for that. So, so we do, um, you know, we'll do some things where we'll do body sparring and we're expected to, you know, you know, be hit and just, just take hits, absorb, learn mm-hmm. how to, you know, learn how it feels to get punched. Yeah. 
Um, so you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of other techniques. You know, we we practice kicks, punches, grappling, uh, elbows, headbutts, knees. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of different things. Like if 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 it can be used as a weapon, it's incorporated in the training, and um, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. Cool. So yeah. Well, it definitely sounds like there's no katas or anything. Not really. Um, no, but we will do drills. So mm -hmm. we may do uh, like we like in, in our school, for instance, we like to use a um, uh, a, a, um, a drill, a CD for uh, boxing drills, mm -hmm. and it's just the trainer calling out the punch combinations. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really cool about that is you can do that on your own, and I will do that myself at home, shadow boxing. Right. So I can listen to him come, you know, uh, call out the combinations, and he says four. And I know that a four, a number four combination means a left jab, followed by a right cross, followed by a left hook, followed by another right cross. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a number four. And so, um, you know, if you do a three, it's the same thing without the last move without the right cross so it's just jab cross hook mm -hmm. and if you do a two it's just jab cross and if it's a one it's just a jab so you know he'll call out those and we have um you know a couple of cds where there's like two minute rounds and a you know 30 second rest or three minute rounds and a minute rest in between and you can do that on your own shadow boxing and that's mm -hmm. great you can also do it with a partner where you wear gloves and your partner wears mitts Mm -hmm. So they're holding for the same combinations. And then you can also do it where um, you're both wearing gloves. One of you is attacking the other person's defending and receiving. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that I like a lot. Um, because, uh, but, but there aren't, there are no, there are not katas. Like, so we're not uh, going through like those prescribed motions. Um, but we will do some exercises where we, we do shadow box. And uh, like, for instance, there's one, uh, uh, a sequence that we refer to as the power tools. And it usually starts out with um, a groin kick. And then you advance in with an advancing right cross, right? So you think, imagine you start off with your right side or your strong side. You kick this threatening attacker person right between the legs. <laughs> okay. You mm -hmm. then you then take a step, you know, or a half step, get closer so that you're in punching range, and mm -hmm. you hit him with a punch with a right cross. And then you take another half step closer and follow it up with an elbow, so your right elbow right into the face. Uh huh. And at that point, he's probably being knocked back, probably you know being if if all's going well. Yeah. Um. You know, he his 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 back is probably arching back as his head is getting lolled back. At that point, you grab on and throw a knee back to the groin or the midsection again mm -hmm. and then take them down. And that sequence is, you know, often referred to as the power tools. Yeah. So, you know, we may shadow box those where we practice that in and advancing and stuff, but it's not like, you know, you need to memorize these forms and these 21 steps or, or anything like that. Yeah. At least not in my school. It may be different in others. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I do know that as, you know, as, as Westerners here, we do incorporate a lot of things and people take a lot of uh, liberties sometimes and, uh, you know, we'll incorporate different, different traditions and stuff that aren't really traditions. <laughs> yeah. 
traditions. So, um, but in, in my school, there aren't. You know, it's not like you need to memorize katas or something for for this. But there are plenty of techniques. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are hundreds of different techniques. And um, one of the things that's nice about them, though, is a lot of them are really simple. Um, like I said, like if, if you manage to get your hands on someone who pulled a gun on you or pulled a knife on you or something, the depending on how you know what his position is, what your position is, how you got your hands on the weapon, you may end up doing the exact same takeaway, mm -hmm. you know, the exact same procedure to get it out of out of their hands. Um, and we also uh, occasionally they'll cover on things like situational awareness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something that that's been a big thing for me. Uh, I remember I was reading the that was the first book I read by Jeff Thompson. Uh, he used to be a, um, a, a in Britain he was a, a bouncer, you know, mm -hmm. a night, nightclub bouncer, and um, you know found his way to fame through various avenues. But um, he wrote this book. It's called uh, Watch Your Back. Uh huh. And I think that was the one. Maybe it was the. I, I read two of his books. So that Watch Your Back was either the first or second one that I read. But he pointed out something like there was a woman who would um, go home. You know, she said that um, she used to be scared when she was going home at night through the park by herself. But now she started taking karate lessons, so she's not afraid. You know, when she goes through the park alone at night anymore. <laughs> and I'm reading this, and and thankfully, the next paragraph, he said exactly what I thought was was to the tune of, "Why the hell are you alone at night in a park in the first place?" Yeah, use your head. Yeah, <laughs> hello. You know, like I don't care. I've told you, I have black belts and stuff. Whatever. I don't like wandering around alone at night in you know shady parts of town. That's just dumb. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's one of the thing that's you know that's always on my mind is like you know i i want to make sure that i i have an appropriate level of confidence but also a healthy you know sense of self-preservation and respect and like i said you know we get told all the time if someone says give me your money give them your money mm -hmm. <laughs> now if they say get in the van yeah or you know down on your knees or something like that well you know that's that's your time. You know because if you get in the van, statistically speaking, you're not coming back out. Yeah. And you know so for times like that, you got to just do something. And just yesterday, um, I was on a webinar, and it was about security, um, mostly in you know like physical, physical, real world security. And the guy didn't. It didn't talk at all about self defense. There was no mention of techniques and things, but it was just about cues that people can pick up on to defend themselves and make yourself safer. And he gave an analogy, for instance, of, um, you know, you're driving down the highway and you see a vehicle, you know, pulling up close to you and it's swerving all over the road and, you know, not, not terribly, but it's like you see it like jerk a little bit to the left, you know, mm -hmm. and it moves a little bit erratically or whatnot. And you're like, okay, that's a little weird. Uh, and then you see like the guy is texting while mm -hmm. he's driving and he's looking at his phone and then suddenly he swerves right in front of you and almost cuts you off mm -hmm. and what he talked about is this like this logical progression now as you're just driving down the highway okay you're you should be alert you should be paying attention to what's going on around you but you're not necessarily looking at every single car that's coming at you is is you know is a threat and it's going to hit you right, right. um 
but then you see like a little bit of erratic behavior. Okay, that should cause you to say something's not right here. I need to pay a little more attention. Mm-hmm. Right now, as soon as I see somebody weaving in or at, you know driving erratically or whatnot, I'll either slow down to let that person get a little farther away, or I'll change lanes to get a little farther away, or I'll speed up if they're not going that fast so exactly. that I can get away. Right? Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people uh, will not. They're like, "Oh, <laughs> look at that guy," and you know, if if they even notice that behavior at all, which mm-hmm. often they don't, you know, people don't pay any attention. And the same kind of thing happens. Like, um, you know, when we're like, uh, one of my friends, great guy who was a sixth degree black belt in Aikido. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aikido, you know, has a reputation of not being a, like a street fighting art kind of thing. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, uh, a refined, you know, martial discipline. Um, and Tai Chi, it has a similar reputation. Um, and so my friend, who is a six-degree Aikido black belt, was talking with a, 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 um, a Tai Chi master. Mm-hmm. And he was asking him, you know, like they're, they're talking shop. He's like, have you ever, you know, do you ever use Tai Chi? Have you ever, like, used it on the street? And the response was brilliant. He says, <laughs> no, I never had to. Because every time that there's trouble, I'm always on the other side of the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he said exactly what I was thinking was that's Tai Chi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> that is real martial arts mastery right there. You know, because what it means is the guy knows where there are problems and he avoids it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll be the same way. If I'm out you know with the the lady and we're on the streets of Boston and coming home some night and you know a bunch of drunks pour out of the uh you know, uh, a bar or something like that, we cross the street and we go away. You know, we move out. We don't go down dark alleys and, you know, we stay away from places that have reputations and stuff and just pay attention, you know, for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, uh, you know, so it's that's like situational awareness, you know, just be aware of your surroundings and stuff. Um, and that's something we, you know, we touch on sometimes in the in the, the training too. But that's also something that I've I've been big on on my own. Yeah. So, and also that's something that I try to instill on my clients, you know, because, uh, and I'm sure you do the same thing with yours, but like if you're on the internet, you are a target. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you cannot deny it. It doesn't mean that anybody is coming after you intentionally, but every single day, your computer and your network is being tacked probably hundreds of times. Mm hmm. And there are people who just don't believe this. And there are people who, you know, think that I'm a, a paranoid nut job for spending so much time practicing Krav Maga because <laughs> it will never happen. And, you know, then you see about things. I mean, I, I don't follow the news much, but I heard that there was something really bad that just happened at UCLA. Huh. And I guess it was a shooting or something like that. And I you know, like, look, this stuff happens. Bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that's one thing I think everybody needs to take a little time to have their, uh, you know, be a little vigilant. Take mm-hmm. some take some thought as to, you know, how you can protect yourselves and your loved ones. And the way I do that is by practicing Krav Maga. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about something. Uh, well, you know, I do yoga twice a week, and I was thinking about uh, you it probably drives you nuts in yoga that that a lot of times when you're doing like a, a squat stance, 
all your weight is on your front leg. Because <laughs> every martial arts is like, you put all your weight on the back <laughs> to keep you in balance, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not great. You know, in, 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 um, in Krav and, in, and also, you know, similarly in Aikido, um, you generally want your weight evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. So you can't you know? lose either. Yeah, because, you know, if your weight is all on your back leg, that's generally because you're gearing up for a front snap kick. Mm-hmm. But it also makes you easy, really easy, to topple over backwards. Yeah, that's you true. Know? So if someone manages to just, you know, give you a push right in the center of your chest or on your face or something, you're probably going to fall over backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, if all of your weight is on your front foot or most of it, you know, if you're really leaning into it, and someone sweeps your front leg out from under you, you're doing a face plant. Yep. <laughs> you know? So you've got, you know, all these things to keep to keep in mind. And that's, um, you know, one similarity. You know, in Aikido, the stance is a little narrower. But, um, you know, in Krav, it's, it's generally, you know, feet, they call it shoulder width, you know, and then you just, uh, your feet are like shoulder width apart. Mm-hmm. And then you just take a normal step forward. Mm-hmm. And that's basically your foot position. Okay. Right. Um, you know, you want your weight pretty much evenly distributed between the two and you want to be able to move back and forth between either one. Um, but that's a, you know, from there you're set up pretty well. If you shift your weight back just a little bit, you could throw that front snap kick. Um, and you can either launch off the back, uh, you know, the ball of your back foot, or you could even take a step forward to launch that groin kick that we're so fond of yeah (laughs) um you know or you take a shuffle step forward and um they do what's called box stepping so essentially like if whatever direction you want to move in that leg moves first in that direction so if you want to like strafe to your left your left foot moves a few inches to the left and then the right follows it Mm -hmm. even though you know the left foot is up front if you want to move to your right your back foot your right foot moves first, mm-hmm. and then the left cut catches up after it. Um, if you want to move forward, your left foot moves forward. If you want to move backward, your back foot moves forward. Uh, moves backward first, and um, you know that's the traditional thing. Like whereas a lot of martial arts um, have like left and right stances and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Krav, there's a pretty heavy emphasis on you know your strong leg is back, your weak leg is forward. And, um, you know, so if you're left-handed, those people, they're generally the opposite. So they're generally right foot forward, left foot back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, with most, with, with few exceptions, most martial arts, you know, will practice everything on left. I remember when, uh, the, when I uh, practiced Taekwondo, it, you're constantly switching stances when you're sparring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons is because it's point sparring. You're not allowed, you don't get any points for kicking someone in the back. Yeah. So, you know, if the guy, if you see the guy gearing up to do a kick, you switch your stance. Now, suddenly, your back is facing him, and he can't hit you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all well and good if you're a point sparring, but on the street, <laughs> you're going to get kicked or stabbed in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, you don't get you know. points for that. <laughs> right, right. You know, so, um, you know, again, that's the thing, too, is like you know, a lot of martial arts have been, um, you know, converted into sports. Mm-hmm. Right. So things like, you know, Olympic, uh, you know, things. Oh, kendo is a great example. Kendo sword, uh, the, the way of the sword from, mm-hmm. you know, from Japan. Um, you know, it's traditionally done with, um, the Shinai, the bamboo, bamboo swords. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I've never, I've, you know, not been a kendo duelist by any stretch, but I've seen it a bunch of times, but there are some places like, you know, where, uh, hitting certain parts of the body is, it's not a valid target. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and again, it would depend on what school and, you know, whatever. But but there are places in like point sparring and things that's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some arts, uh, well, anything that's become, you know, into a sport, that's generally the case. Yeah. Um, you know, look at boxing. I mean, there, there are a lot of boxers out there that are lethal. I wouldn't want to come anywhere near crossing their paths, right? Mm-hmm. But they can't kick you. Yeah. yeah, you know that, that, that says something, you know. So uh, you know that's a that that's not it's not valid. So um, yeah. What w- what would you say? Well, what I was think you know one of the things that I consider is how injured I would be on a regular basis in Krav Maga. If you train intelligently, you should not be injured. Okay. Um, now. The thing is, like I, um, that's I think that's a great question. And another thing too, as as we're having this conversation, we we need to get my teacher on. We just need to interview <laughs> him, um, hear from a real expert. You know, mm-hmm. guy has been practicing longer, a lot longer than I have, and he's a lot a lot more of an authority than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, injury generally happens when people get tired, but more often when, when they get sloppy. Mm-hmm. In my in my in my experience, and that's true. In I tell you, I suffered much worse injuries in Aikido mm-hmm. than I have in Krav Maga. Okay, and Aikido literally means the way of harmony. <laughs> okay, of course. Now, by the same token, Jiu-Jitsu means the gentle art. <laughs> so yeah, you got to take what the Japanese tell you with a grain of salt. Right? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I suffered a broken bone in Aikido mm-hmm. and it wasn't, um, it wasn't malicious. It was just, you know, it was, it was a mistake. It was a trip and, and a fall. Um, I haven't knock on, I need a big thick piece of wood to knock on here, <laughs> but I have not seen many serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I've, I've, a couple of my instructors have had knee injuries because they, um, their foot was planted. They were like setting up to throw a round kick mm-hmm. and their foot didn't pivot. You know, it kind of like stuck in the mat. And so they had like an ACL tear. Was really oh, yeah. For that. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've gotten punched and, you know, hit in the face. I routinely get a bloody nose when we're sparring, when mm-hmm. we're boxing. Because I have one of those noses, you just look at it funny and it starts to trickle. <laughs> you know, so like, okay, great. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, injuries are, are, are pretty rare. You know, you might get, might get sore, you know, you're like, oh man, this, this doesn't, doesn't feel really good uh, for, for a few days. And, you know, I've had, I've had wrist injuries that were aggravated and stuff. But um, the same things were... Um, you know, the same types of things happened to me in other disciplines that I would train in. I had terrible knee injuries in uh, Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my, my teacher too, especially in our school, he's very big on, you know, training safely. Mm-hmm. So when we go through the warm ups and things, and he'll tell me, you know, after he knows I've been recovering from, you know, from two shoulder surgeries, um, you know, he's like, no, don't, don't even, don't even do the push ups. I'm like, no, it's, it's okay. This is part of my physical therapy now. It's, you know, I need to be doing this. He says, no, no don't, don't bother. Just skip it. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it's, we're, we're there, we're very conscious of, of safety. You know, it really is a, like a, safety first environment mm-hmm. um the the danger is you know i think when when you have someone who's new 
and they don't know what they're doing and they get excited and rambunctious and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's where the instructors are there to keep an eye on things and, you know, keep you focused and keep on, on task. Um, but I remember it was the day it was, yeah, it was the day before my, my first shoulder was scheduled, um, a couple of, you know, a couple of years ago. The night before, we were holding for groin kicks. So I was holding that tombstone pad. Right? <laughs> and uh -huh. I was working with a guy, I forget his name. Um, but the teacher said, use both legs. Now, what he meant was sometimes you kick with your right leg. Uh -huh. Sometimes you alternate kick with your left. Well, the guy I was working with thought that this meant some kind of karate kid. Thing. <laughs> And he tried to do a jumping kick where he would jump up in the air and kick with the left and then the right. And he firmly kicked me in the thumb with his right foot because he was way oh, off target. Nice. Um, similarly, the same, uh, some almost identical thing happened to me sometime after that. Uh, it was it was well several months later. I was working with another guy, and the um, you know we were doing this drill where you just kick and kick and kick as hard and fast as you can. You know Tabata style drill. Mm -hmm. And I heard the instructor call time, which you know means stop or you know yeah. move on to the next thing. Um, and as soon as I heard that, I started to move the pad off to the side to throw it down because it was my turn to drop the pad and run across the, uh, the other end of the room and you know, do my drill over there. Mm -hmm. And as I was moving the pad off to the other side, the guy I was training with, apparently he did not hear the instructor say time and he threw another kick. Bang! Right in the same hand again. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I still, because of such occasions, I still keep the brace that I got afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I've got a nice little form-fitting brace that I can just keep, you know, to immobilize the thumb and wrist. Uh-huh. You know, so, I mean, any time you're doing any physical activity, there's always a risk of injury. Oh, yeah. I don't care if I hop on my mountain bike. I might just slip and fall, you know, before I even get to the trail. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to go into crow pose in yoga, you might fall flat on your face. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's always a chance, but you know, you could you could hurt yourself falling down the stairs or just walking down the street. Anything can happen. So I, uh, you know, I consider that a calculated risk, and you know, I don't I don't let it deter me. But yeah, if I feel like look, I'm you know my my knee's been acting up these days. You know today it's not. I'm not gonna do maybe all the same kicks. And I'll tell my teacher. I'm like, look, you know, I'm I'm kind of injured. I'm you know backing off a little bit. And you know, they're yeah, that's all right. Understand. Mm -hmm. And and after you know, I was recovering from my shoulder surgery, or after you know, after my um, my operation, I was wondering like, okay, my left arm is completely useless. <laughs> What could I do right now? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I ran through in my mind while I was still in a sling, you know, like, what would I do? Well, you know, for one thing, I made sure that instead of carrying my, uh, my pepper spray in my left pocket where I usually do, I carried it in my right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, made sure that all that stuff that I normally would have access on my left, left side is accessible on my right side. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, walking by, if I saw anybody who I had the slightest hint that that person was looking a little bit shady i would make sure i kept them on my right yeah you know, on my strong side so that i could respond to you know anything if anything was to happen mm -hmm. so um 
and then as time's gone by, you know, my I'm I'm back. I'm not I'm not quite up to full strength, but you know, the 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 surgery has healed and stuff. Now I'm trying to get my left arm stronger again. Um, you know, I'm pretty much doing all the sec- the same techniques, but I can feel where the left is a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on that. You know, how to compensate appropriately. So, um, you know, but that said, you know, major serious injuries are are very rare. Yeah, and uh, I saw a lot more in other schools and other disciplines than I do do here. Oddly enough, well, and and well, tell me if I'm wrong here, but at least in the other, you did a lot of sparring, where this is more. It's a practice exercise. Well, there's both. Krav Maga has a lot of sparring. Oh yeah, no, Krav Krav has a lot of sparring. Um, They have combatives and they have self-defense exercises. So um, there may be sparring, which is either boxing or kickboxing, Mm -hmm. which is essentially you know boxing with kicks allowed. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll sometimes you know we'll suit up. We'll put on the uh, 16 ounce boxing gloves. We'll put on the shin guards. We'll put on headgear. Sometimes Mm -hmm. to be allowing strikes to the head. We'll you know suit up all the way. Um, and then there's also ground fighting, you know, jujitsu style. Uh, and sometimes we put on the MMA gloves and we will allow light striking combined with jujitsu. So it, it really is, you know, sort of like ultimate fighting kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, like punches are grab are fine. Kicks are fine. Grappling is fine. It's all, you know, it's not quite no holds barred, but you know, it's like all techniques are valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we may do, you know, lessons and classes, which it's self-defense. And that's where, um, say, someone comes up behind you and puts you in a bear hug. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, statistically speaking, you would be much more likely to put me in a bear hug. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a lot bigger than I am. I am. I don't care what planet you're from. I am never going to try to put you in a bear <laughs> yeah. hug. I'm going to grab you and bear hug you. No, right. no, no. I'm going to kick you in the back of the knee. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and that's the funny thing is like you know, we, we do those sometimes, and and generally you're 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 paired with someone who's similar size, but you know we'll mix it up sometimes, and we'll work with someone like you know my buddy John. He's very tall. Mm-hmm. He's he's taller than you. Um, I'm like I would never try to put this guy in a bear hug, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I do it so that he can try the defenses. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, you know, so we may try, like I said, self-defense like that. If someone grabs your wrist, what do you do? Well, you know, if it's a wrist grab, it's pretty much the same as the Aikido techniques that I practiced for years. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if you get choked? What happens if you uh, have your back up against the wall and someone tries to choke you or just hold you down? And, you know, a lot of these might apply more to a woman, obviously, you know, in, the de- in the defensive position. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll go through those, and then that's generally, you know, the attacker puts you in a position, and then you respond. Uh, and they generally aren't, you know, they're not like fighting back too much at that point. That comes in like the sparring and the the other drills that we do. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely sparring, and you know, the jujitsu classes usually ends with like twenty or thirty minutes of just free rolling. So that's, you know, you two start and you just go. So you're trying to gain a dominant position over your partner, and you're just rolling. So that's yeah, you know, the jiu-jitsu sparring essentially, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, there's there's definitely a sparring element, no question. Now you mentioned it, uh, something else we were talking about. I guess when we were talking about yoga, uh, you were talking about tumbling. Is that part of that? They do some. Um, there is some work on um, what they call fall breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we used to call them break fall in you know the other disciplines I've done, but same idea. You know how to hit the ground in such a way so that you don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those because you know I did those since I was in college in my judo days, so I know how to hit the ground and roll and bounce back up, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's one of the things when we do those classes. For instance, one of the teachers um, he used to do judo for some time, so every now and then he'll do like a judo style class where we focus on the big hip throws and stuff, you know, real like finishing moves mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always uses me for demonstration every time. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, he knows that I know how to do it. And mm-hmm. it's great because, you know, he like puts me on a big one. I hit the mat like crazy. Oh, bam. And everyone's like, <gasps> and then I pop right back up and they're like, what the, is he made of rubber? <laughs> yeah. It's Gumby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. But, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's how to deal with being knocked down, how to be, you know, deal with being tripped, um, a little bit of tumbling and rolling, but not nearly as much as, say, in Aikido or Judo, for instance. Um, you know, in Aikido classes, there's usually a lot of rolling mm-hmm. because generally that's your main escape. You know, that's how you're getting out of a technique is you're rolling away and stuff. So nowhere near that much in, in, in Krav. But essentially, you know, how to roll, whether it's a backward roll or a forward roll, a roll is a roll. Mm-hmm. But the body rolls the best way only one way. So it's pretty much the same. But uh, there's just not as much of that in the Krav classes. Did you ever try your hand at free running? Or I guess not your hand, but your body at free running? What's that? The free running is where, I think it's where you're jumping off of like high places. Oh, land. like parkour stuff. Yeah. No, I have not. I, I love to watch that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, no, I already got a bad knee. Thanks. I'm yeah, good. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm good. Um, there was an episode of uh, the Tim Ferriss experiment or the Tim Ferriss show. Uh, yeah, the Tim Ferriss experiment. And uh, he did uh, parkour in um, one of those episodes. So uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. If you're haven't, if you curious about that, look that up. It's uh, P-A-R-K-O-U-R, parkour. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, all the same stuff, but it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a... Um, the first uh, James Bond movie starring uh, Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. there was a lot of that you saw. It, it's, you know, like running and jumping over things. Um, yeah, I just did a quick U, uh, YouTube search and I, for parkour, and um, the third result is the world's best parkour and free running. Nice. So I guess they are very similar, if not the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I kind of like you. I like watching it, but I have no intention of ever doing it because my knees hurt just yep. as they are. <laughs> and I just realized that someone offers parkour classes in Boston. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Adult indoor class in Brookline. Well, I don't know. I might have to check this out now. <laughs> Next time on Blurring the Lines, yeah. <laughs> covers from parkour. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they had like soft practice pads. Yeah. I'm sure they do. No, they start you off. I mean, they don't. They don't just like start by throwing you off a building. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Catch, Peter. Yeah. I, I am not a parkour expert, and I don't play one on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. 
So that's uh, I think I've, I've I've gone on for quite some time about Krav Maga. I think that's that's mostly what I have to say about it. But if anybody has any questions or you're curious about it, drop us a line. Let me know, and I'd be happy to chat. Obviously, I like talking about it. Talk your ear off for about an hour. Yeah. Well, and your instructor, what's his name? Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Amato. Dennis Amato. Yeah. We're, so you... we're going to have him on the show, I believe. I haven't I haven't told him that yet, but uh, <laughs> he, we should interview him. He doesn't be, know it yet. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet, but he'll be here. Yep. <laughs> so. well, very cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Peter. Thank you. Pleasure as always. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.